G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Welcome to the Punters, mate, on SEN. Good morning. Welcome to the Punters, mate, on this 5th of August. 2022. Great to join you this morning. Chris Nelson and Sam Highland in the chair to take you through an hour of the punters, mate. Uh, Sammy, good morning to you. Glad to see you made it back from Darwin. Chris, oh, yeah, we had a big week in Darwin and uh, well done to all involved from uh, SCN and Ballpark Entertainment. They did a fantastic job with the uh, Ream group and uh, it was uh, fantastic. We had Reem and Chavallo, uh two parties that uh, absolutely had a ball the whole the whole uh, five days. So it was good fun, and uh, yeah, we. I tell you what, I I, I didn't leave much. Uh, didn't leave much on the table. I had a crack, so it was good. It was, you recovered. It's taken a couple of days to to get the spring back in my step, but I'm <laughs> I'm good to go going into this weekend. So looking forward to it. But uh, yeah, it was my first time in Darwin, and. Uh, uh, must say, geez, it's very impressive. Like it just gets a huge crowd and, and a lot of, obviously a lot of Victorians go yeah. and, uh, uh, yeah, so caught up with heaps of people and, but very well done. It was, uh, it's, it's like a, uh, Warnable carnival in shorts and thongs. Yeah. Which is the way Warnable should be, right? <laughs> That's it. All right. Now the week that was, uh, before we get to that, remember Queensland is your place to race this year. The week that was... My top three, I've only got two because I thought you might want to include something uh, about Darwin, but you don't have to, but you might have covered that already anyway. Top three, number one, Go Wanji, winning last week against the odds. We all tipped against him. We all took him on. We all thought the Chris Month's uh, mayor Duluth, uh, down on 53 kilos, up on the speed, was going to be too strong for Go Wanji, who had 60 kilos out the back. Well, I've always been a Go Wanji fan, and I really, uh, really felt sick after that because he was just classes above, wasn't he? Yeah, that's and that's what he does. He's a, he's a good horse. He's just a winner, and he is. Uh, uh, yeah, I must say we we spent the afternoon at um at at the casino in the sports bar there with the t- team of boys, and I was like, this horse, he just he is just a good horse. He just wants to get to the line and. That's what he does, you know. He, he's so honest, very well placed yep. uh, by Tom Dougal. He's done a great job with that horse, and he'll keep winning because he's, he will. he's been, uh, as I say, he's been really well placed. He hasn't been overtaxed, and there's there's still plenty to come from from Gowanji. So he's uh, he's a, he's an absolute beauty. And he will run again at Doombin two weeks tomorrow in an open class race, and I will not be taking him on. <laughs> hey, interesting comment post race. Larry Cassidy said he's only ridden two horses. Uh, he's ridden two horses with strong turns of foot, and he thinks Go Wanji is the third one. So they're all in the same boat. One of them is Winks, so he's got a fair opinion of Go Wanji. And the other one was Unworldly, who, of course, um, I think went amiss earlier in her career. Wow. She, Hawks, I think. That was, uh, I think John or Team Hawks used to have Unworldly. I might be wrong there, but she was very promising, and unfortunately uh, things went awry there. But, yeah, that's a pretty good recommendation from Larry Cassidy. So Go Wanji. Go Wanji indeed. Now, my other highlight was Elvis. Looks like Elvis. Gee, he's a trier, isn't he? I know he didn't win, but he had 60 kilos odd. He gave everything. Jimmy Orman, the premiership winning jockey, gave him every possible chance. He just couldn't quite win. Unfortunately, as you would say, Sammy, the sausage, Love Tap, got through a gap and and was able to win late. But, uh, yeah, I thought he was really good, Elvis. I hope he hangs around in Brisbane 
uh, for a bit longer. We we haven't seen him up here, I think, for three years. Yeah, well, he's had he's had uh, solid racing and he's well travelled, isn't he? But as yep. you say, he's just there. He's an honest toiler and uh, and he rounded the race off uh, well enough. So yeah, he's uh, he was good. I should have mentioned at the top of the show. Our guests today will be first up Premiership winning jockey for the ninth consecutive season. Uh, Tony Gollan, he'll join us after the first break. And then after the uh, second break, we'll talk to uh, Paul Bloodworth. Now, Paul's the, the general manager of international and racing operations for Racing Victoria. Now, I know this is normally a Queensland show, Sammy, but we've got the Melbourne Cup coming up before we know it. It's not that far away. And nominations closed this week. The uh, international representation was very strong, which I think was a bit of a surprise. And Paul will take us through uh, to all that and uh, why the Japanese can't come and who is coming and who's not coming and all that. So looking forward to that after the uh, nine o'clock, o'clock break. Now, just some news for this week. Alligator blood. This was a bit of a uh, one from left field yesterday. Unfortunately, due to uh, the owner's issues, has been banned from racing in Victoria, Sam. Yeah, well, it, um, I, I read a little bit about this yesterday and uh, uh, Robert Cram putting the foot down and saying that uh, the horse can't race in Victoria. So... Uh, and, you know, I'm sure uh, Robert, he's been a top steward for a long time and, and uh, he would have ticked all the boxes. And, yeah, it's a bit of a, uh, it's a, bit of a circus, isn't it, what goes it on there? It's, well, uh, but he's <coughs> – oh, excuse me. I was actually looking um, on, the, uh, on the Twitter. I couldn't find his uh, – sometimes he gets a bit vocal, doesn't he, uh, Al? Alan, yeah. The, the, the uh, owner, I thought maybe he put, would put something out well, about alligator blood. But he's – he said he may seek an immediate legal injunction over the matter, uh, and I'd say there's probably more water to flow under the bridge in the next few weeks or, or leading into the carnival. But um, that might mean, though, that we get to see alligator blood up here uh, on Magic Millions Day because that he can race in Queensland. I think it's one of the only places he can race. Wow! So we might see him again on Magic Millions Day. He can, go, he can go around in Japan. He, Chris. Yeah. he can go around in Japan, and he can go around in Hong Kong. <laughs> there's there's a chance he might go there for the international race day in December. And Japan, they're, they're thinking of putting an, uh, a nom in for the Japan Cup. 2,400 metres. Where's he going <laughs> to start get, from? Will he get 2,400? <laughs> well, he'll get it. It's just a matter of how long it takes him. <laughs> the others might get it before him. Uh, will he join in halfway or what's the go there? <laughs> 2,400 metres. That's, uh, that's uh, very, very surprising. Uh, now, trialers, some very good trialers during the week at, uh, at Duma, but I won't cover those yet because most of them were from the Tony Gollan stable. So we'll wait to speak to Tony shortly. Uh, just some news on the premiership training or the premiership winners in the regional or all areas. Uh, Tony Gollum, as I mentioned, won the Metro with 99 wins in a row. Stuart Kendrick won the Provincial with 68. And Todd Austin won the uh, the Country Trainers Premiership with 56. The Apprentices, Kyle Wilson-Taylor took out the Metro. Jasmine Cornish, uh, the Provincial and Talia Fenland took out the Country uh, Apprentices title. And uh, the Metro Jockeys... Jimmy Orman, uh, 78 and a half wins, 18.9% strike rate. That's pretty good, Sam, fantastic. isn't it? Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. Ryan Wiggins, provincial, 91, 22.8% strike rate. It's even better. Outstanding. And in the country, um, in the country, it was uh, 53 wins for, and I can't, I've written R Mac here, and I've got Rick McMahon. That's who it is. <laughs> 53 wins at 27.7. So great to see Rick back riding winners. And as I keep saying, I'd love to see him back in town one of these days. Yeah, it's uh, – well, he's uh, – he obviously um, 
get, you know, he's a, he's a very good jockey, isn't he? Rick McMahon, he's had his issues over the time and, yep. and probably suits him to uh, just stay a bit low key out in the bush. And, well, uh, uh, but anyway, he's turning out plenty of winners. And when you're doing that, you're getting money in the bank, Chris. So yeah. that's a good start. Yeah, that is a good start. All right, Sammy, we'll go for a break. When we come back from the break, we'll be joined by Premier Trainer Tony Gollan. This is The Punters, Mate, on SEN. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us this morning on The Punters, Mate. You're with Chris Nelson and uh, Sam Highland. Queensland is racing. The action continues this week across the Sunshine State. Visit racingqueensland.com.au. And, of course, Queensland is racing today at Ipswich. And just take note, due to the scone meeting being postponed, uh, there are some time changes there for Ipswich. The first race goes at 12 o'clock. The second at 12.35. So just keep that in mind. There are some other changes during the day. But the first is at 12 o'clock. Sam, gives me good pleasure every time to introduce uh, the following guest on the show, Tony Gollan, nine times training uh, or premiership winning trainer uh, in the metro area in Queensland or Brisbane. Tony, good morning to you. Yeah, good morning, guys. Ninth time. Uh, how does that make you feel? Were you happy with the, the season overall? Uh, yeah, look, we're happy with some things, not happy with others. Um, we could have done some things better, and I'm pretty sure we did some things well. So it's always good to, to win a premiership. It's never easy to do. Uh, every year gets a little bit tougher, there's no doubt. And this year will be will be the same. It'll be very tough again. But the team did a, did a great job here. We have a lot of lot of people behind the scenes to help out. We have a big team of horses. But, yeah, overall it was a success. But there, are, there were some challenging times throughout the season. Good to know that uh, there's still room for improvement, Tony. Like uh, Tommy Smith banged out, I think, 33 premierships. Uh, do you reckon you could get to 34? <laughs> I'm not sure, mate. It's a long time to still be training. I'm not sure. But, but we're just happy with what we're doing. If, if we can get, be here talking about number 10 in a year's time, I'll be very happy. Uh, pretty confident we will be. But I don't know about the 34. I think you'll be retired well and truly sailed off into the sunset, enjoying yourself by then. Um, just before we uh, cover off uh, tomorrow's runners, Tony, uh, at the trials on Tuesday morning at Doombin, you had a few uh, stable stars step out, uh, mainly Zoo Style, Isotope and Natuno. Just thought we'd cover off on those. Zoo Style, he did what he does in trials. He just bolted in, looked pretty good. Yeah, he was brilliant. Um, he was coming off a bit of a mixed winter. Um, just the program and the way things were for him, it didn't work out that well. And I had to run him twice at Eagle Farm when I didn't really want to run him. Um, I, I really love him around Doombin and I just couldn't find the races there. And obviously we lost the whole Doombin Carnival, as you guys are aware of, with, with wet weather. So I don't think you saw the best of him. We give him a short break and really want to keep him to the short trips at 1,100. I think that's where he really excels. And we identified going into Melbourne with him and he, he trolled up beautifully. I thought he trolled better, certainly far better than what he was going into the winter with all the wet weather and the holdups we had there. So... He's right um, back on top of things. It was lovely to be at Dooman on a on a nice, fine, dry morning at the trials. A bit foggy. <laughs> it was foggy for the first one or two, and then it cleared up to a, to a beautiful morning's trials, and the track was great. And uh, look, from what I read, he's uh, likely to resume uh, in the McEwen on the 3rd of September? Yeah, that's no ideal. I've never had him around Mooney Valley, but I think Sam would know. Mm. Probably better than me. He does look an, an ideal Valley sort of horse. He can quicken off corners and... He's had a lovely stride, and you should really enjoy that sort of surface there. So I think, look, they're always tough races when you go away, but he's been to Melbourne before without winning. He still raced well as a much younger horse and a much more inexperienced horse, and I feel I'm taking down a far better beast this time around. And your team goes well at the Valley, doesn't it? 
yeah, we've had a little bit of luck at the Valley. And <laughs> look, I know Jonker was good there and so was Spirit of Boom, but this will certainly be the fastest horse I've taken to the Valley, that's for sure. Isotope, uh, she looked pretty good too, and she's on track to resume in early September also in Melbourne. Yeah, she was really good. She was a bit very, very similar to Suzu style. Things just didn't go right from a really heavy track in, in Sydney. And then obviously we had to run the, her whole carnival at Eagle Farm and I'm adamant she's just not as good there. I think the record will tell you that overall when her career's finished. And it was just the carnival, the way it panned out for me. And I was lovely to see her at Dimmon, first of all, behaving in the barriers. She was really a happy horse and enjoying herself. And she just began and put herself where she needed to be for a trial. And Ryan's comments when he got off were very, very good as well. He was very, very happy with her. As we were starting to really lose, lose her in, during the carnivals, it's why we didn't go to the Tapajara with her. But she certainly come back in great shape, and we just had a bit of a change of thinking with her. We never really had a first up run locked in, but at this stage it'll be in, in Melbourne now. On the 27th, she'll run down there in the Cochrane. And it's fair to say, Tony, that those horses that can be a bit tricky like that. Um, uh, just a bit of time under their belt and, and uh, you know, it, it just a, an, another preparation behind them. They can keep coming on. Yeah, they can, Sam. And I think we've seen over many years, and, and not obviously not our stable, been stable doing it for a long time, is if you, if you don't kill them throughout the winter but you do keep them racing a little bit, you can you can get into the spring, you know, with that good residual fitness and a horse with... Um, with nice fresh legs under their belt without having just rested all through the winter, I think it's a big advantage going to that spring. We see it time and time again, horses out of the winter racing well all spring, and I really hope our team can do that. I think you'll see a far better isotope in the spring than what you saw in the winter. Even her trials you know, suggested on Tuesday she's, she's going better than what she was into the winter with all the wet, wet weather, et cetera, et cetera. So I think you'll see a lot better horse, and she looks really well placed in those fillies and mares set weights and penalties races in Melbourne. The now three-year-old uh, Natuno was also very impressive, uh, unbeaten, of course, and got some form uh, beating Midnight in Tokyo last time out at the uh, the Gold Coast, and that horse has been good in Sydney since. Uh, on track to resume in the San Domenico later this month? Yeah, he is. I think, I think the biggest scalp out of the Gold Coast was the horse of Snowden's that went on and won, won the group one later in the carnival. The race sort of yep. shaped up that Ken Russell with a bit of form out of it. So, And I don't think you saw him at his best that day. It was his third run on a very heavy his sticky Gold Coast track, and I don't think he saw him at his best at all. The trial Tuesday, he was really good. Um, he just wants to be a little bit too aggressive at times, and the idea is to try and get him to relax. We know he's got great high speed, but when he can learn to, to harness it and relax, man, whether that's up on pace or with a bit of cover, you're going to see a better horse. Everything we're doing at the moment is getting him to relax. He was a little bit reluctant in the speed back down in the trial, but he was still very good in a very slow run trial. So he kicks off in the San Domenico at the end of the month. There should be plenty of speed in a race like that. And, Hopefully we can draw low and that can really springboard him for his, prep, for his spring prep. Gee, that's exciting that, uh, you know, there's going to be a good few horses travelling uh, interstate from your stable. Yeah, there will be. It could be up to six uh, at any one stage. We've got Henny Baller down there for the Bobby Lewis up the straight. His rating is such a bit hard to place in Queensland now. He was pretty good. He was really good his last couple of runs in the winter. He's off a short break, which will suit him. And, and Vega one, I just couldn't get him fit in time for the winter carnival. We, we backed off him and He's had two jump-outs trials. He's had another one in a couple of weeks, and he'll look like the head to Melbourne as well. I was going to mention Vega One. He's a horse that doesn't usually do a lot in trials, and he, and he takes a run. But I didn't mind his trial. I thought he was uh, he looked more forward than he has been. Yeah, we've, we've got a lot of weight off him, which is really good. And we can sort of back off him a little bit now and just train him more conventionally. And I'll jump him out again in a fortnight's time, and then I've got a good few weeks. I'll, I may even just kick him off from the Bobby Lewis up the straight as well. I think he'll make a lovely straight horse, that horse. So... 
Yeah, there's a really good team of horses heading heading to Melbourne. I spent all the prize money increases in Sydney during the week, but <laughs> hopefully that'll keep keep a few of them there, and I can just go to Melbourne without. But um, yeah, it's a good time to be having horses away way down south. There's good prize money offer in both states, and at, at this point in time, most of our team will will um will be in Melbourne, apart from the Turno, which will hopefully get down there at some stage, hopefully for the Coolmore at the end of the carnival. Now, tomorrow at uh, Doom, when you kick the day off with Spiritualised in the opening race for uh, for Jimmy Orman, so the Premiership winners combine, looks very hard to bet. I thought the run last start was uh, was strong. Run over by Honeypot late, but uh, did the work in front. Yeah, he did. Just that one split. It was in the 1,000 to the half mile. He ran a 10.67, and that was just the undoing of him. He got him back after that, Jimmy, but it was his first ride on him, and he just had a little bit fierce there. Eagle Farm was always going to be a touch of a query. His first go out to the 1,200 on that track. He's all the better for that run. He's in really good order. He's trained on beautifully, and you think he's tailor-made for doom. And they're not going to give it to him tomorrow, for sure. Even a small field, they're going to make him do a bit of work. There's no doubt But he's a very tough horse, and he could be anywhere in the you know, sort of second, third, and he'd be very hard to beat. Race three, you've got self-indulgent, and the horse that I'm keen on, Liza with a Z. Yeah, no, she's, she's going well, Liza. She never draws a barrier, does she? But I think if we're, we're positive enough on her with Ange with the claim, She's well-weighted with that claim. We can probably get across. There's not a whole bunch of speed here. There's no doubt self-indulgent. We'll, we'll park right on the back of that speed um, from her good draw. I can see both both mares running really well here. But Eliza was there. I think she's over the odds just purely because of the barrier. Now, Tony, because we waffled on too much about uh, the trials and the uh, horses going down south, we've run out of time. So I've got to cut it to a minute now. But just uh, Garibaldi is one I want to really ask you about. I knew you'd go I, the big G. Uh, I, I knew you'd go the big I G. I think this is a race for him tomorrow. It, please tell me that you can go forward from that gate. I reckon if you do, you can land 1-1. One, one. Yeah, well, look, I'll, I'll still let the day work itself out. It, it all depends how he steps. You know, he can just he can just pick the start up a little bit. If yep. he does that, it'll put her into an awkward spot. I think he can sprint well off a slow speed too, Chris. I don't I don't think he's he's that one dimensional. I think I love him down in the weights, but what I really love him is the four weeks between runs. You watch whenever I've nailed the space, he runs out. The horses run much much better. So I, I think wherever he lands in this field tomorrow with a light weight, he's going to be very hard to beat. All right, and one quick one: Love Sensation or Night Mariner in the last? Which way? I think she's a bit like him. Once the four weeks will suit her, but I'm going to go Night Mariner. I really like this horse. I think you'll see the real horse stand up tomorrow. All right, Tony. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. Good luck tomorrow. Good luck all season. We'll catch up with you soon. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Thanks, Tony. Tony Golan joining us there. We'll head for a break. This is the Punters, mate, on SEN. You're on the Punters, mate, this Friday, the 5th of August, 2022, with Chris Nelson and Sam Hyland. Sam, great to chat to uh, Tony Gollan, who, uh, as I said, I don't know to get to 34, but uh, you'll certainly get into double figures, that's for sure. <laughs> he will do He will do that for sure, and uh, it's a big effort, isn't it? Nine in a row. Yep. I was not even aware that uh, uh, that was number nine. That is that is a huge achievement. It certainly is. Now, after the break, as we mentioned, we're going to catch up with uh, Paul Bloodworth. Paul Bloodworth is the General Manager for International and Racing Operations for Racing Victoria, and what that means is that he's a scout, and he goes overseas, tries to get these big stables to bring their horses here for the Cups. We'll find out after the break just how he went. This is the Punters, mate, on SEN. Good morning. Welcome to The Punters Mate on this 5th of August 2022. You are with Chris Nelson and Sam Hyland for the second half hour of the show. If you missed the first half hour, we spoke to leading trainer Tony Gollan 
who made it nine consecutive premierships uh, in the Brisbane metropolitan area. Now, if you didn't catch that, you can go to your podcast platform and listen to that uh, that podcast. Make sure you do. Always good to chat to Tony. Sam, I've already said good morning to you, but might as well say it again. Chris, it's great <laughs> to be here. It is great to be here. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm uh, fresh and ready to go charge into the weekend. Uh, just a bit disappointing that uh, we've had three race meetings called off today. But none of them so, in Queensland, importantly. So not not, uh, not a lot, lot of work for Campbell Brown and I today on track side. Uh, waffling anyway. a bit. You got any music you can play or can well, you sing? I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll come up with something. We'll, we'll come up with something. Well, Queensland is racing, and thankfully we are. And we're racing at Ipswich today. As I mentioned, there are some time changes. The first race will now go at 12 p.m. The action continues this week across the Sunshine State. Visit racingqueensland.com.au. Now, as mentioned at the top of the show, if you were tuning in, we're going to catch up with Paul Bloodworth, who is the General Manager for International and Racing Operations for Racing Victoria. And what that means is that Paul gets around and uh, goes overseas and tries to get as many of these big stables on board and bring our horses out for the Cups, uh, which are coming up shortly. Now, nominations closed for the big races this week. And Paul has been so kind to join us, and he's going to tell us what the nominations or how many nominations we had, the quality of them, if he was surprised or not. Paul, good morning to you. Is he gone? He left us. Gone back overseas to try and get some more uh, nominations. <laughs> <laughs> Is he gone? Oh, that's okay. He must have hung up. We'll get him back online. We'll ring him no back. problems. We'll ring him back. I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure we can get him back. Uh, just on the rest of the show, is he there? That's it. Got you, Paul. I'm here. Yeah, here. <laughs> we thought we'd lost you. <laughs> no, no, I'm here. I've been patiently waiting, boys. It's a pleasure to talk to Chris and Sammy. Oh, of course. How are you? Very well, thanks. How do we find you on this Friday morning? Oh, very good. Very good. Now, nice Sunday morning. Yeah, it is. Now, uh, nominations for the big races. Uh, you obviously went overseas uh, a few weeks ago or a month or so ago. How did that go? Yeah, it was a really productive trip. Uh, I was uh, in England and Ireland for about 11 or 12 days. Uh, spent my time uh, in England at, New- at Newmarket, which coincided with the July Festival, uh, and then, then went on to Ireland at the end of that and spent about five days there talking to trainers. And, yeah, it was really productive. It was the first time I'd travelled since 2019 uh, because of COVID, uh, and it was, it was really valuable getting in front of trainers and uh, talking to them uh, about Melbourne and our spring carnival, but also more importantly to be able to sort of talk to them about our recently introduced new veterinary requirements uh, and the the reasons and rationale for that, which we've only been able to do over Zoom and uh, over the phone in the last couple of years, which which certainly has made it more difficult. So it was was good to be able to spend some time there and talk to trainers and... um, I'm not saying that's the absolute reason for the increase in numbers that we've got, but uh, a very pleasing result on Tuesday. So yeah, that... no, well, that's right. I could just say it's all it's all down to me, Chris, but I would. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it is. There's, there's a variety of reasons why uh, we've seen a, a pretty dramatic increase in, in nominations this year. But obviously, Paul, that the, the uh, significant change with the um, well, with the way. You can get into the race as far as with the uh, the the veterinary side of things. I mean that that seemed to be a a, a big issue that uh, grated on a lot of connections over there. 
Oh, yeah, no no doubt, Sammy. It uh, definitely was very contentious last year. Uh, and what we have changed this year is we have removed the compulsory scintigraphy or bone scan. Um, that is now, we will still uh, use that if required based on the early examinations of the horses. But I would expect that that would become more the exception rather than the rule. Uh, but, so I think definitely that's played a part. I think just with anything, when you bring something new in, nor in racing is traditionally notorious for opposing it. Uh, but I think over the passage of time and also the fact that people like Joseph O'Brien and Andrew Balding brought horses last year, took them through the process and had good results with State of Rest winning the Cox Plate and Spanish Mission running third in the Melbourne Cup. I think that's opened the eyes to, to trainers to say, well, look, you know, maybe it's not that as hard as we first thought it was. And as I said, we, you know, we, the, the removal of the compulsory scintigraphy has has had an impact as well. And and the third thing is absolutely a, a reason, and that is that um, entry into Australia for humans is is a lot easier now than it has been the last two years. I mean, all the staff of Joseph's that have come previously in the last two years had to do two weeks quarantine. So they've had done four weeks quarantine to come to Australia in the last two years, um, you know, which is, a, which is an amazing effort, really. I'm not sure I'd be doing that. Uh, so all of that's fallen away and owners are going to be able to come back, jockeys are going to be able to come back and the trainers, of course. So I think all those things combined have, uh, you know, expressed to trainers or shown to trainers that Melbourne is a uh, is a realistic option again. How receptive are the trainers? I mean, when you get in front of them, are they all very open to what you've got to say? Do some sort of dismiss it and I'm not interested? Are they generally very receptive? Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean... You know, there, there's definitely some trainers that uh, a little are a little bit dismissive, but, but certainly, you know, if you, certainly when you sit down with trainers who have been before and know know how it all works and um, have experienced our carnival before, they're always very keen to come back. Um, and then, you, you know, you've got a group of trainers that maybe haven't been before but are very interested in coming. Uh, but look, Chris, the, the, the bottom line is our prize money is amazing. Mm. Um, certainly compared to um, some of the prize money in the UK at the moment and certainly with British trainers uh, they look at our races in amazement to some extent I mean I was able to go there and talk to them about what three one dollar one million dollar increases to our races on on the final day of the Flemington Carnival which has been rebranded Champion Stakes Day and they just they just find it hard to comprehend that, that someone could, could increase prize money to that amount. And, you know, they look at New South Wales as well doing similar things. So they, they look to Australia, uh, you know, with, with a little bit of envy, to be honest, um, in regards to our prize money. And, of course, their owners uh, and themselves also look to it to say, well, here's an opportunity for us to go and uh, win an enormous amount of prize money. And, and interestingly, when I went and saw Joseph uh, when I was in Ireland, he, he explained that the win, the win in the Cox Plate uh, returned him more prize money than all his horses earned last year. Wow! In Ireland, so that's well um, worth the trip. You know, that, that's a little example of um, uh, you know why it's why it's seen as a, a very attractive trip for for people, and and also and their their owners also generally have a great time. And we look after them really well, and um, you know it's it's just a good experience for everyone all around. What's what's the best horse that you think is is uh, our best chance of coming out here? Well, Sammy, it's it's, it's he's probably, he's certainly not the best horse in the world. He's, he's right up there. He's in the top ten horses in the world. That's State of Rest, the defending Cox Plate champ. Um, he's now won 
group ones in four different countries. His first group one was in America and his second one was in Australia and he's since won group ones in France and also uh, uh, on in England on uh, the Royal Ascot meeting, like the Royal Ascot meeting. So he's he's our number one seed, Sammy. We're you know, really trying everything we can to ensure that Joseph and the owners uh, come back for the, to defend their Cox Plate crown. We've also got a horse called Real World nominated, which is Sadie Bin Saroz. He's rated 123, and that makes him one of the highest-rated horses in the world and also one of the highest-rated horses that would ever come to Australia uh, and has ever been to Australia and will have ever come to Australia. Uh, he has run second to the world's highest-rated horse and arguably the best horse in the world, Bayeed, at his last two starts in the Lock-Ins and the Queen Anne at Royal Ascot. So... He boasts a very strong form line, and it would just be fantastic for him to come to Australia and test that form line against our best horses like Animo and Zaki and, and State of Rest, for that matter. So it'd just be it'd be fantastic if we could get him here and say he is making all the right noises around that. So that's from a Cox Plate perspective. From a from a Melbourne Cup and Caulfield Cup perspective, uh, got a horse called Mojo Star nominated, who's quite an interesting horse. He's only ever won a maiden at Lingfield, I think, but he's, around that, he's run second in an Epsom Derby, he's run second in English St. Ledger, and he's now run second in the Ascot Gold Cup, so he's he's one of the highest rated stays nominated, and uh, he's formally second to none, albeit that he's only ever won one race. Um, and a couple of sort of probably less exposed horses, they're Northern Hemisphere three-year-olds. Horse called Doville Legend, it's trained by James Ferguson, it won at Newmarket when I, when I was there. Won a race called the Bahrain Trophy, which is a Group Three race, and then he's since run second in a race called the Gordon Stakes at Goodwood last week behind a very promising horse of Charlie Appleby's called New London. Um, that's actually the race that Cross Council won on his way to the Cox Plate. Uh, sorry, on his way to the Melbourne Cup in 2018. So there's a there's a, a, a treaded path before, if you like, uh, in regards to coming to the Caulfield and Melbourne Cups. And he will most likely come and race in both both cups this year. And there's a horse of Aidan O'Brien's that's called Changing of the Guard. Again, another Northern Hemisphere three-year-old. He beat the horse I just talked about, New London, by six and a half lengths in a Group Three earlier in the year. Ran fifth in the Epsom Derby behind Desert Crown, and then came out and won a Group Two race at Ascot at his last start. And he's a very well-performed horse by Galileo, who I would have thought should he line up on Melbourne Cup Day should be very hard to beat, but all in all, we ended up with 87 noms across our three feature races. That was from a total of 56 individual horses. And just to give an example of how that increased from last year, last year we only had um, 17 horses nominate in 20 across the year. They nominated 29 times. So we've had quite a dramatic increase in nominations, about three times as many. Um, and, and that's for the reasons I think I outlined before. So... Very promising start. Now all the hard work starts to try and get these horses and trainers here. The disappointing factor, I suppose, is that we won't see any Japanese horses due to some transport issues. We all love the Japanese horses and we'd love to see them back here. Yeah, we've been trying hard with the Japanese over the last couple of years. Um, It's fair to say there's two main issues with the Japanese at the moment and flights are definitely one. And we looked at a variety of options for them this year, including a charter flight for them, but there's considerable cost attached to that and we just couldn't, and you need a volume, you need volume of horses to kind of, for it to wash its face and we just couldn't uh, secure that with any surety. So we had to we had to walk away from the charter flight and the, the traditional flight uh, where the horses 
fly from Japan to Hong Kong and then Hong Kong down to Australia isn't available at the moment. So uh, we're continuing to work with IRT on that, but but um, and it's probably more a next thing, a next year thing now. Uh, but they've all the Japanese have also got some concerns around our veterinary requirements, and um, you know we've tried hard to to explain it to them and convey it to them. I haven't been able to travel to Japan for the last two years, so again, you know, using the European experience, it's made it difficult doing things over the phone, and there's always a, a difficulty in translation with the Japanese and, and how things are understood. So. We've got a little bit of work to do with the Japanese and, and uh, we have got some plans in place to, to go over there either later in the year or early next year and, and meet with the trainers face-to-face and, and take it take them through our requirements. So that there's so at the very least, even if we still do have flight issues, there shouldn't be any misunderstandings around our veterinary requirements. So, But absolutely, the Japanese have got some of the best horses in the world. We actually had a Cox Plate horse and a, you know a couple of Cups horses that were very interested in coming. Uh, so it is disappointed disappointing that we weren't able to um, to make that happen for them but I'm I'm confident that this time next year we should hopefully be talking about some nice noms in the in the in the three majors from Japan Paul what about Peter Volandi's big announcement this week that was interesting <laughs> timing I mean how did racing Victoria feel about that well Sammy look it's it's you know amazing that New South Wales keep being able to offer these these substantial prize money increases, and um, you know, there's no question that some of the some of the prize money allocations were designed to impact some of the races and some of the announcements that we'd made earlier in the year. But look, good luck to them. Um, they're, they're they're doing really well from with, from a financial model up there. They've got the prize money to offer. Uh, Peter keeps um, you know improving the strength of their racing, uh, you know, on a yearly basis, and, and certainly their spring carnival. So. Um, you know, we've just the challenge for us is to is to ensure that we keep offering you know significant prize money increases over a period of time and um, and attracting the best horses here. And we're confident that with the announcements that we've made recently, you know, we announced 26 million dollars in prize money increases recently. And as I talked about, uh, races like the Champion Sprint, the Champions Mile, and the Champion Stakes all got a million dollar increase, as did races like the Caulfield Guineas. So. So we think our races are appropriately positioned prize money-wise and there's a great lure and attraction there for trainers. And there's also Group 1 status attached to all those races, whereas some of the races in Sydney do not have that. So so we feel like we're in a good position, um, uh, notwithstanding the, the recent increases that New South Wales announced. And we've got the best city. We've got the best city to live in. Yeah. Sorry, what was that? I said we've got the best city to live in, Melbourne. Well, exactly, Sammy. That's I don't right. Know about that. Yeah, exactly. yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. And the best weather. Oh, <laughs> of course. Oh, yeah, it's great. Paul, thanks for joining us this morning. We'll come back to you in a couple of months' time because I want tips. I was going to ask you today. I want tips for those three main races, the Cox Plate, the Caulfield Cup, and the Melbourne Cup. So you, uh, you've got a couple of months to work on that. You're the man that will know. I have no idea. Yes. <laughs> sure, no worries, guys. We're, our first shipment is scheduled to arrive on the 20th of September, September so... Horses going to quarantine around the 5th of September. So that's, you know, in the sort of days and weeks leading up to that, that's when things start getting real and we'll know exactly who's coming. So that might be a good time to to give me a call again. Thanks for your time, Paul. Have a great weekend. We'll catch up with you soon. Cheers, guys. Thank you. Paul Bloodworth joining us there. Sam from uh, Racing Victoria. This is The Punters, mate, on SEN.
You're with Chris Nelson and Sam Highland on this Friday morning on The Punters, mate. And look forward to this time every week, Sam, when we catch up with Scott Cross from CrossBet. Scott, good morning to you. Very good morning to you too. How do we find you on this uh, lovely, sunny Friday morning? A lovely sunny Friday morning here in Brisbane. Uh, mate, it's lovely. It's, a, it's hopefully a nice weekend for uh, for punting. Looks that way. Now, uh, we're covering off a few different uh, games over the weekend. Uh, they're all on Sunday. At Sunday at uh, 3.20, the Lions take on Carlton. Now, the Lions lost last week. The Blues lost last week. Crucial game for both teams. Absolutely. And wasn't it? I mean, I honestly thought watching that game that the Lions were going to break their curse at uh, at the MCG, but they just can't seem to get it done and, and let it slip away. Look, Lions are $1.36. Carlton's $3.16 up here at the Gabba. Uh, the Lions minus 17.5, and, and I'm just confident that uh, they bounce back at home uh, and can cover Carlton by three goals. So I'm comfortable in, uh, in tipping the Lions at minus 17.5. All righty, we move to NRL. The Bulldogs take on the Cowboys Sunday at 2 p.m. Yep. Now, this game's actually in Bundaberg, I think, if I've read stuff correctly. So, Canterbury are $3.50. The Cowboys are not at home, even though it's at Bundaberg uh, at $1.31. But the line's 10 and a half. I actually just think that uh, that's a bit too much of a head start for Canterbury. So, I'm actually going to go against the favourite here, and I'm going to tip Canterbury plus 10 and a half. Now, on uh, Sunday morning, very, very early, and I'm sure you'll be up for this because I know you're a, a keen union man, the Wallabies take on Argentina, 5.10am. Whereabouts is this? Is, is this in Argentina? It is in Argentina. Okay. Um, and this is going to be this is going to be an interesting one. Michael Checker, uh, the former Wallabies coach, is the coach of Argentina. Um, the big move that's come uh, announced this morning is Quade Cooper uh, will start uh, at 10. Look, the odds are a flip of a coin. The, the Wallabies are $1.87. The Argies are $1.93. Now, this is going to kill me again. Uh, I actually think I'm going to tip Argentina at the plus. Uh, they're plus five and a half. Quade Cooper, when he's on, he's one of the best tens in the world. Uh, but when he's off and it's his you know, first time clicking with this, with this back line, um, it just puts enough of a question in there for me. And I think Michael Checker is going to have the Argentinian boys well prepared and it'll be a game of the forward. So Argentina, plus five and a half. And as I said, it kills me to do it. Well, I think you did that last time. I think you went against the Wallabies with England and you got that right. I did. Oh, well, stick to what you know. I did. <laughs> uh, <laughs> tomorrow afternoon at Randwick, uh, we see the start of the uh, the spring carnival as such in uh, in New South Wales. Still wet, though. Uh, with the missile stakes, the group two, uh, Forbidden Love's the favourite. Forbidden Love is the favourite. Like, it's not all one-way traffic, but it's looking around 40% of the hold at the moment is on Forbidden Love. It's $3 at the moment. I actually think uh, it's going to probably start shorter than that. There's some money around at count, for Count the Rupee at six fifty. Uh, the market move is actually Gem Song uh, with Nash Marilla on the back, open to 21s in at 15s. But for me, just oh, I think Forbidden Love is going to start less than $3, so there's not a lot of value in it. I've actually gone a little bit wider. and Something for value, I actually don't mind the look of Embracer, the gay waterhouse bot horse. Its form first up is, is pretty good as well, and it's, yeah, it's got some form here at the track and distance. And you know, I think at around that sort of 750 mark for me, um, I might see some value there. So I'm going to go with an outsider. I'm going to take Embracer. I'm going to go even wider. I thought Halal had a bit of a chance, but uh, no money for it. Number two. Yeah, I'm looking at Halal now. Look, there's a little bit of money around. Open to 12s in at 11s, but you know, uh, nothing at this stage that it warrant it. But you know. William Pike knows how to ride a winner, doesn't he? He certainly does. He was up at Townsville riding yesterday, but he's gone back to uh, to Ramwick for uh, for racing tomorrow. Scott, thanks for joining us this morning. Have a great weekend.
Hope you uh, have a profitable one, and we'll catch up with you next week. Take care. Scott Cross joining us as he does each and every Friday. Thanks to CrossBet. Now, thanks to Aquas, Queensland's best and largest stallion facility, it's time for follow, fold, or forgive. And I've only got two this week, Sam, and they are Hassan First, who got way too far back at Doombin last week. I thought it was a good thing, but after about 300 metres, I knew I was cactus. Had to make up too much ground, but did run on very well. Only the second start for this, uh, she'd be a mare now, Hassan First. I think she can uh, she can make amends next time. And one I spotted at the trials at the Sunshine Coast recently Hello. made his debut. Yeah, made his debut on Wednesday. Bend and snap. Okay. Sounds like me playing golf or any sort of sport at my age. <laughs> Bend and snap ran on well into second place behind a smart one there on uh, on Wednesday. So Bend and snap. One of Stuart Kendricks might be one to follow going forward. Have you got anything for us? Any sausages this week? Well, no, I haven't. Uh, only I I think uh, of course. Uh, SENQ's uh, very own Sam Collett. I think she's going to be a jockey to really follow well, next season, uh, Chris. I, I'm, you know, she will ride bags of winners uh, next season, and she just puts them in a spot. Everything gets their chance, she's, and, and she's, uh, yeah, I, I think uh, she is going to have uh, a real presence uh, next next year on on the on the jockeys list. So Sam Collett, follow her, and. My old mate, Go Wanji. Well, no. I can't believe you went. I can't believe you went against. Neither him. can I, Sam. He Neither is can a I. warrior. He yeah. is a warrior. And I'm an I, idiot. I just love him. I, I just uh, look. He's. Uh, I know. I know it's obvious, but he's just a legend of a horse. I love him. He, excuse me. He is a legend of a horse. Now, Sam Collett won the uh, the Jockeys Premiership at Ipswich. Oh right, first oh. season. There you go. Bang! There she goes. And and you're right. And. She's won. I think she's won a couple of Group Ones in New Zealand, yeah. and they've both been in uh, distance races. Yeah. So she's even more effective over a trip. But well, don't put don't count her out over a short trip either. You can see that horses just travel so well for her, and and she's happy to have them wherever, as you say. You know, um, she's uh, effective over any sort of trip, but she can be back in the field, and she'll take the cheap runs back on the inside, and and. Uh, and uh, yeah, she just gives them every chance. So I think she's uh, she's going to uh, be one of our leading jockeys in uh, in Queensland next this this season. Best move she ever made. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> now let's find some winners for the weekend. I think we've got uh, a little bit of time left to run over the, uh, the Doombin meeting. A couple of minutes to go. Okay, here we go. Uh, I'll go with a couple. I found it a tough day. I thought Tony Gollan though. I've tipped him to win five races. Wow. So hopefully he kicks off the new season in a big way. Uh, race five, number four, Ocean Treaty isn't one of his, but I think it'll win. She's a mare that uh, was narrowly beaten first up in a, a four-horse go, beaten by Wham at Doombin. Uh, I think she can go one better here. She's very, very consistent. When she does put in a bad one, it's not that bad, and there's generally a valid excuse. So race five, number four, Ocean Treaty. And Garibaldi, race eight, number eight. I thought they might go forward. I was hoping they did, or they would, but Tony has mentioned there he thinks that Garibaldi can settle back and sprint off a soft speed. So, Ooh. you know what, Sam? He's trained a few more winners than I have, <laughs> so I'll go with whatever he says. But I think it's a lovely race for Garibaldi with three off for Angela Jones will carry a featherweight. 52 and a half, carried 59 uh, last time out. So they're, they're my main two. Race five, number four, Ocean Treaty. And race eight, number eight, Garibaldi. But if Tony Gollan has a successful day training... It'll be a successful day for me as well. Yourself, do you like anything anywhere? I like Liza. Liza with a Z. Tony uh, Gollan again? Yeah, I think, uh, gee, I think it's going to be a good hope. Race three, number two at uh, Doombin. Uh, yeah, so I, I think I'll just single that one out. 
All right. I'll give you one on Sunday. Have I got? How long have I got? All right. Okay. I'll give you one on Sunday, Sam. Do that. You do that. Sunshine Coast, where I went so horribly last week. Uh, race five, number three, Cat Deal, having its first start. Okay. Now, I've spotted this one at a couple of trials out the back of the field uh, and making ground in the straight and it being put under no pressure whatsoever. By Done Deal, goes uh, to 1,400 metres on debut. That's going to suit beautifully. The rail's back in the true at Corball Park on Sunday afternoon. So they will be able to run on. Don't be surprised if Cat Deal for Tegan Harrison is rattling right down the outside. So one to keep an eye on. Race five, number three, Cat Deal. And in the last race, uh, race eight, number one, uh, Argyle Lane. Now, this is the half-brother to last year's Caulfield Cup winner and Melbourne Cup runner-up incentivised. Argyle Lane, he's a nice type. He won on debut here a few weeks ago. That was 1,000 metres. He goes to 1,200. Now, the horse he beat there was Winburn. Winburn came out and absolutely gave its rivals Winburn at the Sunshine Coast last Sunday. So the form's good. He's a promising type. Another one not trained by Steve Tregay, but in that Tregay uh, ownership there at Windermere. Uh, Windermere, I think it is. Cool. Right, but we'll get it right one day. I think it'll win again. So race five, number three, the Smoky. Race eight, number one, the good thing. Have a great day on the punt. Sam, you'll be on trackside most of the uh, weekend. Yes, uh, all weekend. All weekend. Can't wait. All right, well, we'll look forward to hearing you. I might even chat to you myself tomorrow afternoon. Hopefully we can find some winners. I hope so. (laughs) Have a great weekend, everyone.